Good morning from Concord, New Hampshire. I'm James Holman from The Washington Post, and this is The Daily 202 for Wednesday, February 12th. Here are election 2020 updates from today's show. Democrats are bracing themselves for a long and divisive slog for the presidential nomination after New Hampshire added new uncertainty to a race that was already scrambled by last week's chaotic caucuses in Iowa. Bernie Sanders won here last night. He has staked his claim as the favored candidate of the party's liberal win, and he's now a credible threat to secure the nomination. But his performance in New Hampshire was hardly overwhelming and far short of what he accomplished here four years ago. Yet, if Sanders is the candidate of the liberal win, those who are more moderate are still divided in their choice. The existence of that competition and questions about each of the candidates seeking to become the alternative to Sanders heightened the discontent about where this race might be heading. The likely prospect now is that Sanders and several other candidates will divide the vote and delegates for the rest of this month and into March, when more than 60% of the pledged delegates will be chosen. With support among the center-left candidates divided, Sanders could emerge from Super Tuesday with a significant lead in delegates. He would then be in a position to do what few Democrats thought possible before this campaign started, which is win the nomination outright. But it's not going to happen without a major fight. A week ago, Iowa Democrats shook up the race by giving Pete Buttigieg the narrowest of victories in the contest for delegates. That propelled the 38-year-old former mayor into the top ranks of the field. And he continued his once improbable march here by giving Sanders a serious challenge in the Granite State. He finished a not-too-distant second place. Buttigieg will use those results to claim the race is now a two-person contest between him and Bernie. But New Hampshire voters produced a plot twist, lifting Amy Klobuchar, who ran fifth in Iowa, into the competition here with Sanders and Buttigieg. She was a surprisingly strong third. After being written off, Klobuchar has suddenly made herself a factor, though she's still someone with major question marks about her candidacy and what comes next. Democrats got into this position because of the collapse of Joe Biden. Weeks ago, the former vice president was intending to fill the role of Sanders' principal rivals. But the voters in Iowa and New Hampshire rejected Biden in such numbers that for now he's been relegated to also-ran status, his candidacy in a perilous state from which it will be difficult, if not impossible, to recover. Beyond Biden, the New Hampshire results were also a debacle for Elizabeth Warren, who had expected to be in a duel for supremacy with Sanders here. The states often treated candidates from neighboring states well, but that wasn't the case for the senator from Massachusetts. Both Biden and Warren got less than 10% of the vote, which means they're going to receive zero delegates, despite both spending millions of dollars in countless weeks here. Sanders got 26% of the vote, with almost all the precincts reporting. Buttigieg got 24%, and Klobuchar got 20%. All of this could be good news for Mike Bloomberg. The former New York mayor has chosen to skip the first four contests and begin his campaign in the states that vote on March 3rd. But it is good news for Bloomberg only if he can quickly make himself the principal alternative to Sanders. With Buttigieg and now Klobuchar in the mix, that's not going to be easy. Bloomberg has resources Buttigieg and Klobuchar could only dream of. But as a one-time Republican, he's not a natural fit in this Democratic Party. And as a multi-billionaire in a party that now includes many voters who decry the influence of big money in politics, 
he stands accused of trying to buy the nomination. Sanders has already taken aim at Bloomberg, but the resentment against his candidacy is not limited to those on the left, if private conversations with a number of Democrats are any indication. A year ago, Democrats were celebrating the victories in those 2018 midterm elections. Today, they're panicking about 2020. Trump is seizing on every benefit that incumbency offers and adding to his advantage with an enormous war chest and a fairly skilled re-election operation. The Trump team is on offense like no other campaign in recent memory, savoring what it sees as disarray among Democrats. Half the electorate here in New Hampshire didn't decide who to vote for until the final days, according to our exit polling. The desire to find the one candidate who could assure victory in the fall and the fear of getting that decision wrong left many voters here in near paralysis. In fact, some voters didn't even go to the polls because they were so torn. Biden, who has bet his candidacy on support from African-Americans and to some extent Latinos, made clear last night that he hopes for a better finish next week in Nevada, which could then boost his chances going into South Carolina. Warren, after a disappointing third in Iowa and then this very weak result in New Hampshire, has, like Biden, put herself in a deep hole with no obvious comeback opportunities. If she can't win here, where can she win? Nevertheless, the unpredictability of this contest provides little incentive to them or others who have run poorly to quit the race before Super Tuesday. Although that said, entrepreneur Andrew Yang and Colorado Senator Michael Bennett did drop out last night after the polls closed. Nevada and South Carolina offer a dramatically different demographic mix than Iowa or New Hampshire. Those states will test Buttigieg and Klobuchar, neither of whom has shown an ability to attract the support of non-white voters. Many strategists in the Democratic Party anticipated a muddled campaign that would drag into the spring, but few expected it would look quite like this. The nightmare scenario for Democrats is what comes after the early states if the delegates remain divided among several candidates. The Democrats face a version of what Republicans went through in 2016. Trump benefited immensely because no single rival could consolidate the anti-Trump vote. Now, as you hear people talk about that, it's important to know that Democratic rules are different. Delegates are allocated proportionally. Republicans allocated many of their delegates in the later states on a winner-take-all basis. That makes it difficult for anyone to gain an insurpassable lead. But even a small one can become insurmountable to those who trail behind. As the votes were being counted late into last night, many prominent Democrats were already fretting the possibility that this contest could go all the way to the party convention in Milwaukee this July, at which time the choice could be whether to ratify the plurality leader in delegates or to hand the nomination to someone who didn't get the most votes and the most delegates. Either choice could rupture this party. For now, it's onward to Nevada. Thanks for listening. I'm James Holman. If you want to hear full episodes, find The Daily 202 every weekday morning wherever you get your podcasts.